stronger, be wiser. Our seat, our table. This is our voice, our time, our moment, our seat, our table. Yeah. Hey, 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 our seat. Friday. This is our 10th episode, and this is a very special episode. We are celebrating Women's History Month through the voices of our local community, through women in our local community, and the work that they have been doing on a very organic and grassroots level. So we're celebrating what we're calling 1010. 10 episodes with 10 local community women. And my name is Barbara Chandler, and you are listening to Our Seat, Our Table Leadership Lounge. Do we have a plethora of women for you today? Each one of them have a very unique story of their own. They're going to tell you what they have been up to in moving along their immediate communities. We even have someone visiting us, or what we like to call um, connecting with communities outside of our region, and as well as you're going to hear from a few of our cultural ambassadors about their travels and how that has helped them in their leadership journey. You know, I could not do this without Andrew Brown, who is our Artist Spotlight host. Good morning, Andrew. How are you? Good morning. It's Friday. I'm doing good. It's Friday, and it's our 10th episode. And we also have LaVonda Wilder, who does our Business Spotlight. Could not have made it to 10 without these two dynamic hosts. LaVonda, how are you doing? Good morning, Barbara and everyone else. I am doing fine this morning. Glad to be here. Excellent, excellent. Well, I just want to say to you both, congratulations. Thanks for your support. Rob, Greg, our friends of uh, Winter Park, Rollins Radio, we want to thank you for getting us to 10 episodes. It seemed like a simple task when we initially started. However, we are, we're getting better. Um, there's a lot of finite details that goes into each one of these shows. But we mostly, mostly want to thank our community listeners. We realize we have some very avid listeners who've been following us. So we want to thank you for your support. We want to thank you for your feedback. We have launched our jingle. You heard it. It was done, written, and produced by Nikki Holmes, who is a local singer-songwriter. And so you're going to be hearing that jingle throughout our show. So any feedback, feel free to reach out to us on our Facebook page, our Seat Our Table Leadership Lounge. So on with our show today. Our first guest is Michelle Smith. Michelle hails from the Washington, D.C. area and has been living in Central Florida now for about two years. So we want to welcome Michelle Smith. How are you this morning? And welcome to Our Seat, Our Table. 
Good morning. Good morning, everyone. How are you? Very good. Very good. All righty. Um, I just want to speak very briefly and move on so everyone can get their chance uh, or get their seat at the table. Um, I am currently uh, working for the federal government. However, before this life, um, I consider myself a world traveler, an avid student of life, and I hope to graduate with honors. <laughs> I have been with the federal government for a mighty, mighty long time, and it's uh, what brought me down to Central Florida. Uh, this was supposed to be my soft landing before I moved into retirement, but um, I'm not really sure what my next steps are, but I do know that um, I do enjoy being a part of this community. Uh, let's you. see. And also a big thank you and shout out to OTOS for recognizing the importance of cultivating leaders, no matter where they're seated. Um, I have actually started my leadership journey when I actually uh, graduated from college and decided that I needed to take a break, air quotes, from the rigors of um, being an academic for four years. So I joined the Peace Corps. And that was my entree into uh, being a world citizen and uh, recognizing that how we live at home isn't how most of the world lives. It was so important for me to realize and see and recognize um, and honor the fact that uh, we have a lot to be grateful for, but we've got a lot, a lot, a lot of work to do, certainly uh, in the world, but uh, starting at home, uh, it's crucial that we recognize that uh, until everyone um, has clean water, clean air, access to health care, free education, a political voice. None of us really are free. So wow. um, wow. that well, actually got yeah, me politicized. Well wow. Well, Michelle, I've been knowing you for a while and I definitely appreciate your support. I always appreciate your point of view. And just in a nutshell, what is next for you? What's next on your agenda? I know a lot of times when we say that we are retiring, um, we're still actively engaged, but as a world, world-class traveler like yourself, someone who sees leadership from a different point of view, what do you see as your next step once you are retired? I would like to travel again um, and, you know, get to places in the world that I haven't been and see what's uh, happening. You know, the world has changed a lot since I last really traveled. I was a Peace Corps volunteer from 1984 to 1986, uh, a long time ago, probably uh, Rafe uh, before you were born, certainly Andrew before you were born, and maybe a few other of you. Um, and so the world is very different, and I want to get back out there and see if um, it's still in need. I know it is um, uh, from the perspective that we get here in the States, but, you know, it's important to actually be at the ground level and understand that, um, you know, people need to know that there are people out there um, pulling, struggling, praying for them and working towards um, their good for the good of everyone. So next. I'd say travel would be my next step, my next adventure. How would you describe leadership in one word? Um, I'm going to read you a quote from my very, very favorite mentor, Chiro. Okay. okay. And hopefully you'll get... Um, to what um, my thoughts on leadership are. I am not tragically colored, nor female. There is no great sorrow damned up in my soul nor lurking behind my eyes. I do not mind at all. 
I do not belong to the sobbing school of Negrohood who hold that nature somehow has given them a low down dirty deal and whose feelings are all hurt about it. Even in the helter skelter skirmish that is my life, I have seen that the world is to the strong regardless of a little pigmentation more or less. No, I do not weep at the world. I am too busy sharpening my oyster knife. So for me, leadership is about getting yourself ready, honing what you've got, honing your talents and your gifts and being ready to take that to the world, sharpening it, dulling it, persuading, activating, motivating. That is uh, crucial uh, and certainly, having a sense of self-worth, uh, value, and being able to share that with others. Wow. And cracking the oyster open, recognizing that life is such a wonderful gift and that we've all got to pull in to get wow. the shell open so everyone can eat and partake. So that's it. Oh, wow, wow, wow. Michelle, we cannot thank you enough for joining us. Once again, and you are listening to Our Seat, Our Table. 10 of 10, 10 of 10. We're celebrating 10 episodes with 10 women from our local community who are doing things on a very organic level and continuing, continuing to make world-class change. Hey, Andrew Brown is up next. And Andrew Brown has some wonderful local artists. Good morning, Andrew. How are you? Good morning. Good Friday morning, everyone. I'm excited to again be here with you guys this morning and to also have our 10 of 10. I don't know how you guys are going to follow up Michelle, but I'm excited to Ooh. see how that is going to happen. Coming up next, I have visual artist Mila Bell. Mila, good morning. Oh my goodness. Good morning. How are you? Hi, Mila. Um, tell our listeners the type of visual artist that you are, because I know that you dabble in just about everything that Ooh. I am terrible at. Ah. So let us know, let our listeners know, excuse me, the visual mediums that you um, make your art in. Mm, okay. Well, first of all, Michelle, you just completely wowed me. Um, I'm a big fan. I'm looking forward to seeing what you do. Um, as far as my artwork, I came from a painting background, but um, discovered clay and just enjoyed the kind of 3D tactile nature of it. You know, kind of like when you're a kid and you're building sand castles and getting dirty for the first time. Um, it, it really gave me that feeling of being connected with earth. And um, later on in my development, I discovered metal and um, it's this really interesting medium that melts and cuts and is so strong. So I'm just kind of enchanted by it. And um, I dabble in a little bit of throwing wood in there too. So I'm very much a sculptor now. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm really drawn to kind of like, almost like ancient roots, but not a specific I don't copy old symbols. I'm kind of like creating a language of my own. Mm, and I wish that you guys could see the metal smithing that Mila does. It is beyond anything that I could fathom to create. And the fact that she creates it on her own is, is most amazing. Mila, what does leadership, especially as a woman, what does leadership mm. mean to you? Um. You know, leadership to me in this stage of life, 
um, I've noticed that it's very much about embracing the team and looking to people around you and really like lifting them up and seeing what their qualities are and seeing how you can come together as a group and um, kind of uplift each other and um, just having the experience of being in a team that actually works, you know, is an absolute treasure. And it's something that I have, I have the appreciation for now that I've experienced it. And um, it's something I really value in some of my favorite um, leaders. You know, Barbara, for example, is one of those people who knows how to really lift people up in a public way and then inspire them. So that's just a leadership quality that I hope to acquire as I um, move forward as as an artist. Um, also, I think a good leader, um, and I think this is the other side of leadership that's it's a little bit more difficult, um, is honesty and transparency and accountability. Because I think um, many of us have been under a leader, maybe, or a manager of some sort, mm-hmm who um is good to go when it comes to um playing the role of the leader when things are going well but not necessarily um not not so great at taking responsibility thing for things when they're not going well and so um i i also value someone who can um be very transparent and take responsibility and then you know, kind of turn that around, you know, and face those challenges together as a team um, and not have that kind of tendency to blame. So um, just like in any good relationship, you know, it's also about the challenges and getting through that together and not running away when things get difficult. So um, I think leadership is really about coming together and motivating, inspiring others around them. And, and, um, it's about, I think it's also very much about like peeling back that ego, those layers of ego and kind of learning to, to leave them behind. And I don't think any of us are above, you know, that ego rising up, but it's, it's so much a process of just kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm gonna catch myself in the moment and realize like. You know, life is messy, things get messy, everyone makes mistakes. Let's let's figure out how to problem solve together. So, you know, that's those those are those are big things to aspire to, but um in life, in in just individual and personal development as well, um, I think those things are very important too. And it also takes um, a certain level of maturity and experience. So those things are what make a great leader better than the other leaders. Um, you know, there are times where you look to your leadership in an organization at work or wherever you are, and you want that direction. And sometimes you don't get it, unfortunately. And, and it does teach you something about yourself. And it, it presents an occasion where you can rise up and be a leader or the leader learns something about themselves and they have to rise up. And, and of course we hope they rise up, but sometimes, sometimes unfortunately they don't, but we're going to switch gears. Mila, thank you so much. In the thank you, Andrew. 
in the studio we have with us, you heard her jingle this morning, and we have the singer songwriter who wrote and produced it. Nikki, good morning. Good morning to all. Nikki, when you were writing this jingle, mm -hmm. uh, what was going through your head? Oh, so many things. I was thinking about the climate that we're in. I was thinking about um, the lovely and talented uh, Barbara Chandler's vision and where she sees this community um, going and just the state of our nation. Um, our seat, our table is a special place. And I wanted to make a, a jingle that uh, was reflective of that. How did you end up being, were you always a singer, songwriter, or did you just fall into that or discover it? Um, my parents discovered this when I was about five, um, just playing good music around the house. And um, my dad kind of heard me singing, cut the music down and said, Nikki, sing, sing that again, mm. you know? <laughs> and so I started singing and then he brought me out in front of the family and, um, you know, everybody was just clapping and everything. And uh, I got validated at a very, very, very young age. Mm. Um, went on to do many uh, talent shows and things of that sort as you'll hear many artists uh, started out like that in church, you know, school mm -hmm. talent shows. Um, I would be, you know, uh, promoted to doing state talent shows and mm -hmm. state fairs and things of that sort. I dragged my sisters and best friends and everybody along as backup singers. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, yes. And then when I um, started pro uh, recording professionally in college with the Clock Sisters and Donna Lawrence. Get out! And Family Gospel Choir. Um, and then Jeff Sparks in um, Atlanta. He's an amazing anointed soprano saxophone player and he had um, a great jazz band and asked for some assistance with vocals and we would just go around doing great parties and festivals and it was just a great time. And um, so that's how I kind of got into music. Um, my parents were very influential in that, in the church and community at large. So it is truly my heart, you know, to give back whenever I can. Mm -hmm. What did working with them, working with, you know, once your father, in his eyes, discovered this voice that you had, mm -hmm. what did all of that teach you about leadership? Well, leadership is I saw that in my dad um, because a leadership can be somewhat of a a visionary and um, I think like Mila was saying the artist before uh, discovering the team around you finding out who's got gifts in this area and that area and then allowing that person to flourish and you know grow and move forward so leaders can definitely be instrumental in birthing gifts and uh, validating and uh, you know providing a, a good platform for um you know parenting is a great example of leadership mm -hmm. great example and uh, the clark sisters my goodness um they are developing amazing praise and worship leaders and just leaders in the um, industry they just go out there as women and it's just ironic that we're talking about them because uh, you're representing the 10 amazing women 
who are here today, and these women definitely, definitely make the list. Mm -hmm. They make the cut when it comes to leading in music in, in the art industry. So I just thank God for that opportunity. Now, talking about all of the different artists that you've worked with, mm -hmm. Mila brought up a good point. Sometimes leaders are not always leaders. Mm -hmm. If you've ever encountered a leader like that, where they didn't necessarily lead in a way you expected, what did that teach you mm -hmm. about being a leader? Mm -hmm. Well, when you encounter someone who is leading um, in a way that could be manipulative or controlling mm. or uh, just not, you know, let me tell you, uh, leadership is biblical. Okay. Leadership mm -hmm. is, it is. Yes, leadership is can can be a guide into or out of a thing or a situation. Mm. Knowing these characteristics of good leadership will help you when somebody slithers in mm. and tries to um, imitate mm -hmm. leadership. So uh, this is this is uh, why and 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 I have encountered that before. And knowing the good characteristics of leadership, knowing what it is, um, really does help you stay clear of uh, individuals like that. Mm, stay clear. Mm -hmm. Keep keep your peace. Keep your peace. That's yes. that's what is that's yes. what it's about. Yes, Keeping yes, your yes. peace. Yes. Those are gems that Nikki is dropping on us. Thank you so much for listening to us here on 91.5 WPRK. You can also listen to us on Spotify. Just search Our Seat, Our Table, The Leadership Lounge. Coming up next, we have LaVonda Wilder. LaVonda, who do you have on tap? Good morning. I have Chelsea Baker and Holly Tonninghill and Miss Pamela Bussey. The first person that I will be speaking with this morning is Miss Chelsea Baker, and she's one of our grassroots organizers in the local area. How are you this morning, Chelsea? Give thanks. I am well this morning. It is awesome to be here. For our listeners that have not heard of some of the wonderful things that you're doing in the Central Florida area, would you like to give us a little background about your grassroots organizing? Well, by all means, um, I am Chelsea, uh, Chelsea Ferry with Orlando Youth in Action. Um, it is a group that we created during the height of the national protest during um, the summer. And some of the works that we have helped led and campaigned um, would be working in Winter Park area on the single member district campaign. Um, as there were many conversations that have happened um, with and without the group, we are just thankful to have celebratory wins um, during the, such a stressful time, such as the national protest. Um, well, recently we were working on the protest against the bill drafted during the national protest. Um, so we're working simultaneously on one campaign and then having to switch to another, and that is HB1. This is a bill that was again presented to halt protesters from our governor um, of Florida. And it is now 
being pushed through House um, to now be viewed by the Senate and voted on. And this bill is very detrimental for those of us who are fighters and grassroots organizers um, continuously working on campaigns on the local level, regional and state. Um, so those are some of the things that Orlando Youth in Action has been working on and what I have been continuously um, pushing to the forefront so we know um, what is affecting us here in Florida. 2020 has shown us we have to be committed, resourceful, and decisive. What does that look like when you're talking to your youth participants? Um, when and how that looks like um, is making sure that you relate on a, a real level. A lot of times when doing this organizing work, we forget to bring the human um, to the work. Uh, we all have feelings um, while putting in any work for change. And a lot of times in order to make sure someone else understands so you can have a, 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 a better win, you would need to relate to the young, the youth, to show them how much you are still human and still youthful at heart. Because a lot of the times misunderstandings is what helps create so much chaos in our world. And one way that I find when talking to these youth is, I just let them know, hey, I mean, I'm still a youth at heart. And it's important for us to know that I'm still going through things. And any leader or person who is dedicated to making change has to remember that, you know, you are very human and this is real, real work that affects our human lives and our human psyche every day. And just making sure that that is communicated and, and is understood across the board helps us continue to push work um, uh, moving forward. Awesome. I have one question left for you that I think you will enjoy answering. This is Women's History Month, and it's a month-long celebration. And it brings to my mind when I used to hear the comment, I think it was a cigarette commercial, really, where it said you've come a long way. What does Women's History Month mean to you? That is an excellent question, as this month has had many um, meanings, but more particularly being a black woman and African-American woman um, living in women's history. It's important to, to keep going. Um, a lot of the times us as women being ethnic or uh, a person of color, you aren't usually included into the status and we fought hard to gain the status of woman of lady so just to hear that we're in women's history month it just finds for me another sense of empowerment um to keep going to remember that we weren't always included in this month so i have to continue to to keep fighting and keep um putting in the work for others and for the other generation of young women that are also growing up and will soon understand the weight of what this month means to them. So that's um, what it means to me. I definitely hope I did the best at answering that. You can always find me um, on Instagram at Orlando Youth in Action. It's just as it is um, sounds. Um, or my personal page at Fairy Princess 
double underscore. But those are just some of the topics that I do talk about and keep you guys up to date with during many months, but more importantly, during Women's History Month, just putting out there how important it is for us to keep going. So I suppose instead of saying we've come a long way, we can definitely say and be proud to say that we finally have a seat at the table and it definitely feels good. Thank you, Chelsea, for speaking with us this morning. Next up, we will speak with Holly Tanninghill, Catch Healthy Habits. Good morning, Holly. Good morning. I'm here. Hi, Avanda. How are you? I am so good and glad to speak with you this morning. It's been quite a while since I last spoke with you. It has been sometimes. My, my, how the tables are turning. <laughs> I know, definitely. I've been on your show before and never in my wildest dreams did I imagine that I'd be sitting in the other seat. So definitely. I did. It was, it was in my dreams. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> A great experience. Now, we have you speaking about catching healthy habits this morning. And as you know, I love living a healthier lifestyle and, and always on the journey to a healthier lifestyle. Can you share a little bit with us what a healthier lifestyle looks to you in catching healthy habits? Well, so the Catch Healthy Habits program itself, it's, it's an intergenerational program and it's actually designed for older adults uh, to teach younger children uh, to be healthier. So it really goes in, the, the basic concept is there's, uh, there's slow go and woe foods, right? Those, the woe foods are those things that the sugar and lots of salt uh, that we really shouldn't eat a lot of. Um, the go foods, of course, are the good stuff that don't have the sugar and the salt and lots of vitamins. So those are our fruits and our vegetables and the stuff that we should eat a lot of. That's why they're the go foods. And then the slow foods are the ones that are in the middle. And so we do find ourselves where we eat more. Well, <laughs> most Americans, because some of us are constantly on that woe in and some of us are constantly on the go in, but most of us are right there in the middle where we're kind of selecting those healthier foods sometimes. We've got a lot of the woe foods in our diet, but we're right there in the middle. And so we try to teach people to kind of figure out, you know, what's on your plate and what you're eating. So now, of course, COVID really kind of slowed down um, the, 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 the intergenerational program simply because, um, you know, the, the seniors uh, were one of those uh, demographics that were really uh, affected by COVID and then, of course, being mixed with children, that was not going to be a great idea through the season that we went through. Um, but coming out on the other side of that, what we're learning is that there's so much more regarding health that needs to be taught. You know, we're looking at um, these disparities. Uh, so we're looking at a population that well care is not something that they're doing. Uh, we're looking at a population that some of this information they don't even they're not they're not sure about. We're looking at some other things that are a big part of what's going on with uh, older adults, like isolation, um, and some of these things because of COVID uh, are coming out. And then also some of the health of actually talking to and the communication that we have with some of these health professionals and being able to communicate with some of these health professionals. So all of these are things that our community, um, you know, we have some, some issues in some of these areas 
And it really is about uh, us as being members of the community uh, to be able to kind of focus on some of these things and kind of uh, bring some education and some communication around some of these issues. Uh, so, so there's a lot going on. There was a lot going on before COVID as far as health and wellness. After COVID, it kind of illuminated uh, some of the bigger issues surrounding health and wellness uh, to let us know that our job is a little bit bigger than we thought. Well, Holly, with COVID and social distancing that has for some of us turned into social isolation, how are you able to reach the people that are your target target audience? So well, one of the things that we really have to do is, first of all, we have to teach them these platforms. So they're learning these platforms and they're learning uh, how to use Zoom, you know? I'll tell you what was really interesting uh, uh, working with an older adult uh, trying to, there's about five of them. And so we were working through with different ones and they had, you know, different issues as they're trying to get through the Zoom meetings. One of the ladies, and bless her heart, she's like 80, 89 years old, but she got her camera on and she got her, her, her computer up immediately, but we were staring at a wall. So we worked with the other people and then we came back to her once we had and we said, like, okay, so so Sue, we've got we've got you, but but we've been looking at this wall. And so all of a sudden we see Sue's face come on the other side. So she had her, her laptop <laughs> facing her so that it was the opposite. So her camera was actually facing the wall. She had turned it around. So a part of it is really teaching them these platforms. So we've been able to do book clubs online. We've been able to have drinks online, you know, where everybody's kind of, we've been able to share recipes online, to share plant care online, uh, but some of these ways, and then we've also had rolling book clubs where, you know, we'll bring the book clubs out. We'll have one volunteer, one person who has the books in the car, uh, and then that one person can come and so they're they're out. So you, you're kind of able to talk to somebody, and of course there's social distancing, but you bring, basically bringing the library to them. And so you so adapting. To, I beg your pardon. Adapt, adapting. Adapting, adapting. There's so much adaption, and and you know what, our history, we are adapters and overcomers. <laughs> okay. That is so true, Holly. So true. <laughs> we have always been adapters and overcomers. That's that's our that's in our in our, in our DNA, and that's something that this, this the pandemic has made us have to do a lot, reach in our back pockets and figure out some of this stuff. Very much, very much so. Thank you, Holly, for sharing, shedding a little light with us about your catch healthy habits. And we'll look forward to speaking with you at a later date. If you would share your contact information for anyone that would like to reach out about your program. Uh, anyone who wants to reach me, it's H and then my last name, which is Tanny Hill. So H Tanny Hill at educationpathway.org. Uh, or you can just go to educationpathway.org and you can contact me from there as well. Thank you so much. Next, we will be speaking with Pamela Bussey and she is our mediation specialist and cultural ambassador. That's a mouthful, but I am definitely waiting to hear more about your program, Ms. Bussey. Can you shed a little light for us? Yes, good morning. And I want to take this opportunity to Thank Barbara for inviting me and to be in the company of such illustrious women, some of whom I know. And for those of you that I've not yet met, hopefully I will be able to, to meet you one day in the very near future. So 
a little bit about myself. Um, I am an attorney. I'm a licensed mediator, arbitrator, and I guess Barbara calls me, quote, air quotes, cultural ambassador because um, in my in my life's journey and in living here in Central Florida for almost 30 years, I've had the good fortune of meeting and interacting with people from all walks of life. So I call myself a global citizen or a citizen of the world. Uh, when I was younger, my father was in the military, so I grew up living in various states throughout the United States and um, abroad. And when I became an adult, love of travel, meeting people, having new experiences stayed with me. Well, I met you one evening over at the Heritage Center and you were very inviting and very friendly. So I definitely know you have a welcoming smile and people are drawn to, to your personality. That is... We a compliment, thank you. And I just wanted to add to that, if I could very quickly, that years ago, and I'm not exactly certain when, I became aware there's a South African phrase or word, which is called Ubuntu, U-B-U-N-T-U. And in 2017, I had the honor of being um, on the Orlando Sentinel Advisory Opinion Board where I got to, for an entire year, write articles. And 2017 was, was a tumultuous year. And I've taken the time to go back and look at some of those articles. And they are so apropos for the time in which we live. But the first article I wrote, it was called um, Civil Discourse Can Heal the Human Race. And I discuss or define what Ubuntu is. And what Ubuntu is, is basically you have an open heart, an open mind. You're willing to engage with people who are different than you are. You show empathy. You have a capacity for compassion, forgiving people, loving people. And basically, Archbishop Desmond Tutu, he basically describes Ubuntu as the essence of being human. It speaks of the fact that my humanity is caught up in, is inextricably bound up in yours. I am human because I belong. It speaks about wholeness. And so I've tried to live my life based upon that type of approach as well. I celebrate Kwanzaa, which is a cultural um, event, and I try to incorporate the, the seven principles of Kwanzaa into my life as well. Wow, I, I love just hearing you with this statement and explanation. I was lean, you can't see me, but of course I was leaning forward, just hanging on to your every word because that's a beautiful utopia. And we need more of that to inclusivity and making people feel good about coming in contact with us because we're losing that aspect of, of the human human spirit. So that's very nice to hear. Thank you. But I, 
I, I really, really mean that sincerely because I just remember when I met you, I believe we were talking about painting and sewing and and just some of the things that you do in your in your pastime when you're not saving the world, I guess, as a cultural <laughs> ambassador. I don't know if I'm saving the world because you know what? I just try to live life. And, and I think especially given what's happened in the past year when we've been placed in what I like to call a global timeout, it's really been a time, hopefully, for people to go inward, to slow down, to to meditate, to to be quiet, to figure out who you are and how do you want to move forward in the world because the world as we knew it is not going to be the same. And that's okay because as people of color, we know what it's like to have to adapt and be flexible and to make a way out of no way. So you were successful in pivoting into this new norm, which hasn't been easy for some people, but you found a way to pivot and make it work for you. What is your why? What is my why? Okay, several whys. Um, I'm also the vice chair of the Lake Mary Elder Commission. I'm the only person of color on that commission. I live in a community where when I first moved here um, and I told people I lived in Lake Mary, they would give me like side eye because coming from Philadelphia, I knew no one in Lake Mary. I didn't know that for some people, quote, I was not supposed to be able to live in Lake Mary. Imagine that. Okay. Hmm. You know, when you grow up and you've had an opportunity to travel, whether that be within the United States, the United States or internationally, I get that people fear the unknown. They fear different. But what my life experiences and travel have taught me is if you're just willing to take the time you can always find, regardless of whether you have a cultural barrier, a religious barrier, a language barrier, that you always have something in common with that person. You just have to be willing to take the time to make the connection. So my why is I believe we need to reach out to each other. We need to, to be non-judgmental. We need to open our hearts. We need to open our minds. We need to not fear that which we do not know. If you are still, if you are willing to be silent, you will be amazed at what will come to you in that silence. Live and let live. Yes. Awesome. Well, Miss Bussy, if you would let us know how we can reach you, if we have any further questions or comments, actually, not always questions, but maybe comments about the way that you've chosen to live and let live, please let our listeners know a contact information. Okay, so I, I am on social media. Um, I have my own business as a mediator, Bussy 
arbitration and mediation services. I have a, a, Facebook, a Facebook page. I have an Instagram page. About a year ago, I started a podcast, which is called Ancestral Muses, where I just basically talk to people I know because I know people from all over the world and we talk about whatever. We talk about their experiences, their life. We talk about art, music, all of these things, particularly art and music, in my opinion, have always been a part of our history as people of color in times like this where through music, our pain, you know, quote, revolution, um, songs like Marvin Gaye, what's going on. I mean, there's a whole list of what I like to call not necessarily revolution songs, but protest songs, the songs that speak to our pain, what it means to live in the United States as people of color. Um, and so you can reach me on any of those platforms. And again, I thank Barbara and I thank you all for allowing me to have a seat at the table. And I just wanted to tell everybody, everybody has a story to tell. Everybody has a voice. Don't be afraid to raise your voice or to use your voice. Use that throat chakra. This is a perfect ending for our show today, Miss Bussy. I appreciate you joining us for our small business spotlight with the Eatonville Chamber of Commerce. And this is Women's History Month. Make sure you leave your footprint. Have a great day, everyone. Thank you. Good morning, Felicia Shelton. Welcome to Our Seat, Our Table, The Leadership Lounge. This is our 10th episode, and we are so excited to have you join us. Well, good morning, Queen Chandler, and congratulations to The Leadership Lounge on its 10th episode. What an amazing accomplishment. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so very much. Felicia, I have always known you to work in, in education, and I know that you have a few new endeavors on your plate. So please tell the Leadership Lounge and our listeners exactly what you are working on in the Mount Dora community. Absolutely. Many of our youth from our surrounding communities, um, when they are recruited into our programs, a lot of the fundamental uh, academic needs that um, are necessary for them to thrive in our programs are not actually where it should be. And so over the years, I've noticed that um, we need to begin to develop intervention programs and prevention programs long before they reach high school so that not only will they be college eligible, but also college ready. So one of the things that I decided to do along with our board of directors and many of my family members is we founded an organization. Uh, it's called Divorce Action Presley 320 I have the honor of serving children as the founder and executive director of the organization, which is founded in love and memory of my beloved mother. Hence the name Divorce Action Presley 320 Wow. And who was your mother? Who was Miss Dolores Eshlim, Aisham Presley? Who exactly was she that she motivated 
not only you, but your family members in which to start this organization? My mother was quite a phenomenal woman. Um, she, uh, despite rearing seven children in a single-parent household, uh, she always found a way to give to those less fortunate than my siblings and me. Um, as an early childhood educator, my mother was very passionate about helping children struggling to read improve their reading comprehension skills. And it was through the values that my mother instilled in me, not what she said, but it, it, I often have very fond memories of the posture that my mother modeled before us. And that posture entailed being and not just saying. And so my mother was the type of woman who found a way to be the change. Wow. Yes, and that change was occurring in the ways that most people didn't even know was happening because of such a great need, even in our in our home, for financial support and reform. But my mother would give to individuals who were less fortunate than us. And her passion, I mean, she had a fierce devotion for helping children improve their reading comprehension skills. And that's what inspired me uh, to establish the organization. Wow. Not only did your mother have the passion, but the passion also transformed to you. Because I don't know about anyone else, but I can definitely hear your fierce passion in what you're doing. Felicia, this 10th episode, we are always looking for ways in which we can explore leadership. Tell us, define leadership in your own words to us. Well, you know, I leadership is such a broad term, and it's um, oftentimes misconstrued in ways that um, imply that it's about a position or um, it has to do with power and certainly influence. But I would dare say that leadership is about a posture. It's about how you present yourself. It's about it's mission driven. Leadership, um, because when you're in a leadership role, you have so much influence on those around you. And for my own personal experience as a leader, I believe leadership without relationship is showmanship. Woo! Drop the mic. Drop the mic. Felicia Shelton, no one could have said it better. We're going to take that and we are going to run with it. We want to thank you so much for joining us for this episode 10 for 10, where we are honoring women in the month of Women's History Month. Felicia, thanks you, thank you so much. And I have a feeling you are going to be joining us again on Our Seat, Our Table, the Leadership Lounge. Thank you. And you are most welcome, Barbara, and thank you so much for having me. It's an honor to be a part of such a great initiative and great success to you as you continue to do what I know only you and those around you can do, and that's affect positive change. Thank you so much. Thank you. Joining us today for our 10th episode is Amy Lalane 
who is the founder of our local Bridge the Gap Coalition. Welcome to our seat, our table. Amy, what are some of the endeavors that your organization has worked to bring to our local community? Thank you again uh, for having me, Barbara. Absolutely. Yes, Bridge the Gap Coalition is a nonprofit 501c3 established in Orlando, Florida in 2016. I'm the founder and I'm functioning as a co-executive director of development. And our executive director is Josie Lemon-Allen. Um, the purpose of our organization is to eliminate socioeconomic gaps in marginalized communities by effectively leveraging community resources and implementing innovative strategies. Excellent. All right, so, mm -hmm. No, continue, I'm sorry. Sure. We aim to empower marginalized communities through the stimulation of local economies and the implementation of social interventions that bridge cultural, generational, and socioeconomic gaps. We do this through the development of workshops, events, and programs that give platforms to community businesses organizations and professionals whose services empower communities to reach their highest potential. Our goal is also to advance corrective narratives through the development of media and technology and steer research in a way that takes into consideration the unique interest of marginalized groups and perspectives of history, thus identifying tangible solutions to our plight. Um, and those activities of our organization sort of through branch platform, community outreach, and grassroots education, community needs-based advocacy and research, and community-based economics. Amy, how uh, long mm -hmm. have your organization been around? We've been around since 2016. 2016. I am familiar with the marker, the July Perry marker, that your organization, Bridge the Gap Coalition, had a very important role in bringing that to fruition. Can you touch a bit on that? Absolutely. Um, some of the work that we are most notable for in our community is the collaborative effort we made with a task force spearheaded by the Equal Justice Initiative. Uh, this was a task force of local organizations and community leaders. Together, we spent about two years getting approval for the erecting of a historical marker in honor of the victims of the 1920 Coney Massacre, namely July Perry, who was lynched the election night of that year. The marker was installed in front of the Orange Regional History Center in June of 2019. July Perry was a prominent African-American leader in the Central Florida area, and he was wealthy and powerful, and thus a problem for white supremacists. He was lynched not only because he deigned to exercise his right to vote, but because of the symbolism of economic and political empowerment that he represented to his community. Wow, wow, wow. I remember that program. I remember that actual day as you mentioned it. And just seeing the number of people that were in attendance, the children, and of course, Brian Stephen himself. Amy, this program, Our Seat, Our Table, of course, the Leadership Lounge is meant to let people know of what grassroots organizations like Bridge the Gap Coalition is doing to correct the narrative of the African-American communities. In a nutshell, what does leadership mean to you? Um, leadership to me means to take initiative. Um, to take initiative to take up the mantle that was passed along to us. Um, we have our predecessors, those pioneers who came before us, who had a mission, who had a vision 
to empower us, to uplift us. And I firmly believe in, in, in taking their legacy and moving it forward innovatively. Wow, wow, wow. Amy, we want to thank you so much for joining us for our 10th episode where we are honoring the women in our community who continue, as you stated, to pick up the mantle and move it forward in in very innovative programming. Thank you so much. And listen, I'm sure that I'll see you around in the community. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Barbara. All right. Bye-bye ladies thank you everyone for your time you are listening to our seat our table this has been a phenomenal phenomenal hour this is 10 of 10 celebrating 10 episodes with 10 women in our local community who continue to push the envelope and make new footprints. Again, you are listening to our seat, our table leadership lounge. We are here every Friday morning from nine to 10. You can join us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, WPRK.org or 91.5. Thank you so much. And we look forward to uh, you joining us next week. stronger be wiser our seat our table this is our voice our time our moment our seat our table yeah hey 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 our seat our table